0: One, and welcome back to the Reclaimed Podcast. I'm so glad that you're here today. I am sitting again with my father.
1: Good to be with you.
0: Mark Harrington's here with me. Welcome back.
1: Yeah, it's good to be here.
0: Merry Christmas, almost sort of. So, can we We're actually there. can
1: we say that we don't have to say Happy Holidays?
0: Well, we can say Happy Advent because it's technically Advent in the church true. calendar. Yes. But I mean, it's the Christmas season. We're just saying, we're saying Merry Christmas. We're saying Happy Holidays, whatever you want to say. But anyway, today we're going to be talking about reclaiming holidays.
1: Yes, holidays. And this is, of course, the midst of that season. We've come through in the United States uh, through Thanksgiving. And now we're into Advent, headed toward Christmas, Hanukkah for our.
0: Is it Hanukkah right now? I think it is. But it, it's in this podcast that we talk about active and practical ways that we can step into healing from relational brokenness and from divorce, from, from infidelity, whatever the case may be, God is able and he is willing to extend healing and restoration into our lives. And, and that's, what, that's what he wants for us. He right. wants wholeness. He wants restoration. And sometimes he's inviting us to take that first step to be able to receive that.
1: And sometimes the pain of our lives is really brought to the surface through holidays. Big time. Big, big time. Big time. And and that's, in many ways, it's real easy to see why that is. Yeah. Because our memories get associated from all kinds of experiences in our life. They get associated with these very significant days.
0: Yeah, for sure. And so
1: when we go back into those traditions, maybe they were something really beautiful at one point, but then you overlay a tragedy on top of that. And suddenly, you know, a turkey dinner becomes a trigger to remember how much we've lost.
0: Yeah, it's so true. And, and that's the, that's, that was the case for me. Um, in 2016, I, um, I discovered my ex-husband's affair, for those of you that aren't familiar with my story. And it was awful. And that was in October. And then I went through the holiday season um, really kind of unsure about whether I was going to get back together with him, what that was going to look like. And then, I mean, long story short, I went through I went through a divorce, went through a reclaiming journey, which is stepping back into areas that hold pain. But holidays were really, really a just a giant challenge because I was alone. I was practically not with my covenant and covenanted partner and and so I felt like there was just this piece of me that was missing of course because you know you you covenant your life to someone you promise your life with them and and then I felt like it was you know that was ripped away yeah um and so then Christmas and all of that I felt like I you know I was going to these family Christmas parties and friends and stuff and I I felt I felt like I wasn't complete And it was so hard because I was even missing my in-laws Christmas parties. And, and I, you know, I lost, I lost those traditions too. And so it was an incredibly challenging time. So I know that anyone going through a divorce right now around Christmas, it's really hard. It's really, really sad and it can feel so lonely and isolating.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's, in many ways, it's not surprising because not all days are created equal. Right. And we, you know, we take certain times out of our lives and we apply to them uh, more significance in order to remember, in order to mm-hmm. bring meaning into our lives. And actually, the whole premise of a holiday is actually rooted back in the scriptures in the Old Testament. God set up these days, the Jewish feasts were times when they remembered Actual events in history. Right. And they would reenact those events. So when God rescued Israel out of Egypt, that became a remembered event in Passover. Mm -hmm. They'd dress up, they would retell the story. And uh, the younger generation would ask, what's so special about this night? And the oldest member of the family would retell the story hmm. of how God rescued his people out of Egypt. An actual historical event gets reenacted. They had food that was special and symbolic for that. It told the story in a, in a very... Uh, you taste and see God's goodness in right. that sense. It was like, the it was feast all was the, a big, big, big part of it. And they actually believed it was how... In essence, you time traveled back into that historical hmm. moment. The, the Jews had this active view of their faith and of remembering that they actually could relive that um, by doing it now. Hmm. And they would apply then their own stories of the need for rescue right. with what God had done in the past, basically saying, well, if God did it here, then he can do it again. And uh, the Christians carried that tradition over yeah, and they borrowed even some pagan holidays and then uh, tied them to historical events like the resurrection of Jesus. Mm-hmm. They took a a pagan spring holiday and applied that to the historical death and resurrection of mm-hmm. Jesus. And then later with Christmas, they did the same thing. Uh, in America, we've done that with uh, like with Thanksgiving, for instance, yeah. and the Fourth of July. Those are true historical things that actually happen, and we use that day as a time to actually remember. The Pilgrim's Landing and giving thanks to god and Christmas from again from our uh, our perspective is about remembering the actual birth and incarnation of Jesus, and then we apply our own good memories to that and associate all of the traditions that we wrap around that right. and tell stories. Christmas is a time when it's healthy and good when we tell fun remembering stories of multiple generations coming together and remembering God's goodness. The problem comes, of course, is not all life is filled with good events. And so sometimes the same power that is wrapped up in the smell of a candle or a song that we sing on Christmas Eve together, it pulls up these really beautiful, wonderful memories. If a tragedy is associated with that, that same trigger triggers as much pain as it does beautiful memories and nostalgia. Yeah. So the pain of the memory is actually more powerful because of the power of the event. And that's a bit what you're describing. I mean, that's what happens yeah. when you walk through the pain of a loss, a broken covenant, it's as it's as tied up with those at one point, really meaningful events. Mm -hmm. You can't really think of Christmas now only as you did as a child. You think of it as you did with your covenant partner. And then when that was broken, then you can't help but associate it. So how do you reclaim it? How do you recraft Christmas? That's your reclaiming challenge. That's
0: that is absolutely the challenge. And I mean, I think that that's that's one of the things that is most significant about about Christmas that it really brings up the importance of, or just this time of year, it really brings up the importance and the significance of reclaiming, at least it did for me, of realizing and identifying that there's a pain here and then saying, okay, what am I going to do to actively step into that to allow God to heal that area of my life?
1: And I think the beauty of the whole reclaiming process, whether it's here or a restaurant you go to or a song that you listen to, is that you're being intentional. Right. Instead of being exactly. victimized by this thing yeah. and just sitting there and letting it trigger the memories, you're saying, wait a minute, I'm going to grab onto this and reform mm-hmm. or remember,
0: Yeah,
1: like we remember things, but you're remembering, yep. you're reconfiguring the experience to say, no, I'm going to associate a new way to look at this Yeah, and not let that happen to me, not let Christmas be stolen from me.
0: Right. Right. Which
1: the tragedies, if we don't if we don't do it deliberately, that stuff will be stolen from us. Good things are stolen from us. So. So how do you do it?
0: (laughs) Very strategically. Actually, that's true, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I have some steps that people can take, at least that how it looked for me. Of course, everyone's reclaiming journey is different. Everyone. Everyone's going to go about this a little bit differently. And that's okay. But. I kind of did some reflecting and seeing what, is, what did I do practically when I was reclaiming so, Christmas.
1: So your timeline was, you know, the first Christmas, you were still in the midst of, yep. of the earthquake was still going on. Yep. Last Christmas was your first Christmas in a new yeah. state.
0: Yeah. It, I, was, so you, I was freshly divorced. I was divorced for about, well, I guess two months, like, you know, legally divorced. Yeah. And, um, and so it, it definitely felt different but I was strategic about about remembering um and about remembering my past and remembering all those things but but it was hard and the christmas that I was separated so this was um 2016 I had just kind of begun a reclaiming journey but I didn't have the words for it yet I knew that I knew that it was going to be intentional but I didn't quite no, I didn't. That that was before I made the spreadsheet. I should say, um, the
1: spreadsheet being your list of things, <laughs> my list of things that, you need that to I reclaim. And that people I can hear about that in an,
0: yes another
1: podcast if yeah. you want to sift through it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but I did actively. I mean, I made a, I made a spreadsheet of things that needed to be reclaimed, and I mean, I could probably make a whole spreadsheet of just Christmas things that needed to be reclaimed, um, or that I wanted to reclaim, but. I think that the first step, in um, the first step in going through a reclaiming journey at Christmas, is number one to identify that things are going to be a challenge, that this is yeah. that this is going to be a hard time. So number one would be admitting that there is pain right in this,
1: and that these rituals that have so much meaning, yeah, trigger. remembering of the pain and it's really normal because our brains work that way
0: so there's things like listening to a christmas song or um or going to a christmas eve service things that will bring up that pain and remembering yeah things are not the way that they were last year or you know my relationship status is is I'm you know I don't have a partner that's sitting next to me. Um, last year I got that necklace from him or whatever whatever it is. There's there are these things that that yeah. we just need to be aware and admit that there is a challenge. And I think that that's the number one thing in really any starting any reclaiming admitting that there's pain that's associated with something. Yep. Because if we're not aware of what our emotions are, then you know we can't we can't really allow healing to totally take place. So number one is identifying and admitting that there's a challenge. Number two is voicing that there is a challenge with Christmas.
1: So you're taking the thought and sharing it with somebody else.
0: Exactly, and I think that there's something very powerful about actually stating it to someone. Mm-hmm. You can you know, you know, can write it in a journal, you can talk about it with yourself, but when you're actually saying it to someone else, you're inviting them into the process. So you're saying, "Hey, would you be able to be my reclaiming buddy in this?" And I have a whole podcast about about reclaiming buddies, but I think it's important to have people in your life that you can go to to say, "Hey, this is going to be hard, and please come alongside me in this hard," <laughs> to be with me in. Um, well, in the that's pain. really
1: wise because Christmas is a communal experience. I mean, we we yeah. we experience it with our families and friends our faith community yep. people. And so when we are affected by pain, it's going to affect other people's Christmas.
0: Exactly. And so
1: it's really good, as you're saying, to just acknowledge, first of all, in your own admittance, this is going to be a challenge. I'm yeah. starting to feel it right now. And then to be able to say that to the people who are close enough around us that they're gonna they're going to probably have experienced our pain somewhat with us anyway. Yep. And then to say, mm-hmm. you know, Christmas is going to be tough this year. Yeah. It, it's similar to, um, and anybody that's lost a loved one in death yeah. will very much identify with this because the first holiday after having lost someone mm-hmm. is very painful for the very same reason. Yeah. You know, you lost your grandmother just a couple of weeks ago. I did, She's yeah. with Jesus now. And she was a part of, Almost all of your Christmases, Mm -hmm. right? So now there's going to be a little trigger of pain with that. but, But death is one kind of pain and the loss or breaking of a relationship is another. But it's the same thing. And to admit it and then to say it, because it's a communal experience anyway, is just speaking Out what's obviously true, Mm
0: -hmm. and then you're almost an act of love. Yeah, and then you're actually like you're you're acknowledging the giant elephant in the room, which is that hey, my relationship's broken, and it's okay to talk about it and um and inviting family into that because you know holidays are very family oriented of yep. course um generally um so you're inviting the family to say you know what we can we can acknowledge that this is hard for everybody yep. and um and so for the person that's going through that divorce or or relational brokenness separation whatever it is um you're giving everyone else permission to to kind of breathe the easy and say we can we can talk about this and we can even bring up his name or whatever um, but I but I think that that's a very important aspect to just voice that the pain is there. So number three is remember the traditions. Remember the traditions of your relationship, things that you guys did together, things that maybe your former in laws did together. But there's all traditions that we that we have, particularly around Christmas, that. I think it's good to just think through those and even make, a, even make a list of them if you want to. I think that that will really help with the actively stepping into those things if you want to.
1: Right. Because actually, if, if some of those are traditions that you no longer do, the absence of them will be evident in you. Yep. If some of them are traditions that you also do in your other family or your other group of friends, then... That gets carried over, so it's really important to uh, to identify them. Actually, I think that's that's very wise. For
0: for me, I mean, I went through. I went as I was going through my divorce. I realized that I was missing half of my family. I was missing it. I was missing my in-laws. They had a totally different, totally different set of traditions that I was that that you guys and you know the herring jaws we didn't do. My in-laws were. Very, very Scandinavian. Um, We live in Minnesota, so there's like you know just a huge percentage of of Scandinavians here in Minnesota. They would they would eat the classic Scandinavian meal at Christmas, which was which was Swedish meatballs, lefse, and then of course lutefisk.
1: Lutefisk, You want to explain lutefisk?
0: Lutefisk is cod that's in that's cooked in lye.
1: Yeah, so it's I think that I
0: mean it's like it's yeah. like fish jello. It's <laughs> it's gross and it reeks. <laughs> and then you and and you like you eat it with like butter and I mean it's it is the most unique meal on the planet and
1: it's but very tied to tradition. Very
0: right? very tied to tradition. It's also gross. It's just gross. But that was something that for about 8 years I did with my ex-husband and I did with his family. And so that first year that I didn't have that, it was so evident that I was missing it. And it was so evident that, wow, this is a giant part of my life that, you know, I didn't enjoy the lutefisk. I ate it because I loved the tradition and I loved that whole aspect of being in community and um, yeah. and being a part of that new tradition as an adult. And then it, there was a cutoff of it, and so it was really hard for me to let go of that. But I needed to remember the tradition, and and then after I remembered it and kind of acknowledged that that those traditions are there that I'm missing this year, I was able to say, okay, what are the ones that I could remember? I can acknowledge those and maybe take part in them in my with myself.
1: Allah uh, reclaim them.
0: I can reclaim them, or I can toss them and get rid of them and it doesn't really matter. But I don't wanna to toss them and get rid of them out of spite or anger. I want to, I wanna live, you know, I'm, I talk about this all the time, like I just wanna live with no bitterness. I wanna live um, just open and, and allow healing in every area of my life. So I decided, you know, what's what's something in that Scandinavian meal that I can keep if I want to? And, um, and just acknowledge that on my own. And I decided last year to make Swedish meatballs because I would make that. <laughs> that was my contribution to the Scandinavian meal after I was married. I, I, I made those for the family and um, for my ex-husband's I'm family. i glad you decided
1: to keep that.
0: So I decided to toss the lutefisk and keep the Swedish ah. meatballs. And, and that riddance, was, huh? yeah, but I mean, it, it was. Um,
1: but it's deliberate.
0: It was deliberate. Yes. So I brought I brought to our family Christmas last year, the Harringshaw family Christmas. I made Swedish meatballs and, and that was really important to me. And
1: let me say this. It was very, uh, well, number one, they were really good. They were really good. <laughs> I'm going to make them again this year. <laughs> and secondly, though, it was a way of acknowledging that we all participated in that pain with you. Yeah. And that. It's carried over now into this part of your life and this time in your life. And so I think and we've we've talked about this before in another podcast yeah. between the two of us it, of what the pain does to other people in your life. Yeah, and w- sometimes we don't know what to say, sometimes right. we don't know what to bring up, um, what words to use or not to use by you taking charge and saying in this sense, this was my life. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not where I wish I was in the sense of I lost something that you really thought was beautiful. Yeah. But you're you're bringing something from that old painful time, redeeming it, reclaiming right. it, and we all then can go. Okay, that's that part of Ellie's life that's reclaimed. Yeah. And so it it actually gave us a, a way as a family. To like the elephant in the room was acknowledged. Yeah. And then we could look to the future and to hope yeah, instead of just the past. So I, that's the power of that is for you, but it has a huge impact hmm. on the people who are affected by the things that have affected you. Right. And all of us in that said, so none of us chose it, but all of us have been impacted. It's a, it's actually a beautiful gift you can bring to Christmas. And I'll look forward to those this year. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I think that that's it's something practical that we can do in yeah, in bringing healing into our life because for me it was important that I acknowledged that I married this man for a reason and I loved him a lot and I loved those family traditions. And so to bring those into now my life as a divorce person is perfectly okay. I'm not, it's not like I'm holding on to that relationship or anything. It's actually, it's letting it go in a, in a, in a different sort of way and allowing healing, allowing even forgiveness and saying, no, I can, I can walk holy and also eat Swedish meatballs. You know, in the
1: the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus, um, talks about injustice and Mm -hmm. when we are victims of injustice. Yeah what's our response? And he says, you know, go the second mile, turn the other Mm -hmm. cheek. Those are our depictions of how we respond and still maintain our dignity and maintain our initiative of love. So if somebody forces you to go a mile, that's taken from you. If somebody, you know, takes your coat from you, that's taken from you. If they hit you on the cheek, Your dignity is taken from you. But the response is to do something proactive and positive as opposed to pull back in victimhood. You choose to give them more than they took from you. You choose to find some proactive act of love. And it's actually a strategy that Jesus lays out for for not ever being victimized. Hmm. Right. It's It's a proactive choice of love. I'm going to. Love you in a way that actually goes further than what you took from me. And I actually think that's what you're doing. Yeah. is You're saying, okay, meatballs were taken from me. This tradition was taken from me, but I'm going to, instead of pull back in the pain of an injustice, mm-hmm. remake it. Recook those meatballs and yep. give them into another circle of relationships. Yeah. Create another tradition.
0: Another life. Another him. life. Yeah.
1: Another yeah. life. And you're blessing and preparing then for a future. Exactly. By not letting your past remain stolen from you.
0: And that is that is the core of what reclaiming that is That is what reclaiming is. And then and something so beautiful that we can do in Christmas, practically yep. Yep. with traditions. And and something that I really hope that that my listeners do. I'd really love to hear how how you guys actively reclaim something in christmas in in this holiday season i think that's really important the fifth thing that i really want to drive home here is holidays can be incredibly stressful and really hard i mean this is not easy going through this stuff i mean number one is identifying that there's a challenge yep it's there (laughs) it's it's there but we need to give ourselves lots of grace to be in these social, social situations, to be able to um, to just be honest with what we need. So for me, that looked like kind of looking at a social situation and saying, can I actually do this? Do I have the capacity to um, to be in this room with this group of people? Um, what do, How do I wanna handle New Year's Eve? You know, um, maybe I just need to step away and go to a room alone when everyone else is eating in the dining room. Um, I think that that's really okay and really important, because self care around Christmas is so important. Yep. I'm preaching to myself right now. <laughs> yep. It's re- It's really important to be aware of those those things. the, I lot, think, the hard stuff.
1: And you've said this to uh, your community here many times that this isn't um, a recla- the act of reclaiming is not a uh, shortcut to emotional um, fairyland. Uh, no right? So it, it is, it's not like a, it's not like a magic pill. Like you're going to suddenly feel better.
0: It's actually going to be harder. Well, it might
1: actually be for a season. Yes. The, the principle, the psychological principle is that emotion follows motion. Yep. So by acting, by stepping in proactively, there's usually a lag time of yep. emotion. Right. So there'll be a time when things might actually get worse before they get better, like you clean out the garage in the spring and it's messier before it gets cleaner. Yeah. So there may be as you step into these things proactively, it may unearth and kick up the dust of some yeah. pain. And you you are right in saying that with that fifth point. Really give grace to yourself. Mm-hmm. You, this may be exhausting. You may feel more tired over the holidays. Mm-hmm. You may feel like you want to just curl up. It doesn't help that it's cloudy outside. You know?
0: and, so true. Um,
1: so, so expect that, um, that it may not be uh, always the joy to the world yeah. emotion. But the power is in acting. The power is in doing motion toward a redemptive reclaiming process and the emotion will eventually follow yes it's a a powerful truth truth. yeah and And
0: I and I know I know people that there's somebody that I talked to just recently that said she couldn't put up a tree she can't put up a tree that year that this year and for me that I mean that's number five that's understanding what you need what you what you can what you can handle and having grace for yourself in that. And I think that that's perfectly okay. I'm not saying do all the traditions. I'm saying be intentional about facing them and saying I'm not gonna just allow the holiday to happen to me, I'm going to do the holiday.
1: Really good. Yeah, really, really but
0: really also good. absolutely believing that God is gonna meet you where you are. He has already given you everything you need for life and godliness. He's already equipped you with everything that you need. Um, there's been so many times that I've felt in my reclaiming journey that I am just a sink that's, has, you know, a certain capacity for water. Um, and I'm like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm about to overflow. Like, I'm at capacity here. And, um, and I've just, I've just felt like the Lord has said to me so clearly, that he is my tap, he is actually my supply, and that's an endless supply. That is that is an, a bottomless well. And when I'm when I'm when I'm tapped into him, he he has everything that I need. My little sink is not everything. <laughs> it's yeah. it's actually he's actually equipped me to face these hard things, to face these holidays, to face the restaurant, whatever it is, and um, and be able to not just You know, grit my teeth and and just to get through it, but to actually step in and receive um, receive the wholeness and the restoration from from the event, from the holiday. And I think that that is absolutely something that you can do, listeners. That you can you can face this stuff and you can you can be strategic about it. I want to hear your stories too. I'd love to hear what kind of things that you guys go through and. Um, and how you're rec- reclaiming holidays this year. I'd love to hear that.
1: You know, God's telling a story with our lives, and mm-hmm. we're a part of um, this great, beautiful history. It's His story. And the holidays are about our personal uh, connection with His redemptive history, the things He's done down through time mm-hmm. to show us His love in Christmas. Easter, whatever it is we're remembering. The new year is another one, and that's probably a whole other thing you can talk about is how do you turn over a time frame like like a new year. We're
0: going to talk about that. We are? Okay, (laughs) that's good.
1: Um, But this is actually, you know, God's in the midst of this, and and I know the reclaiming principle is stepping into God, you know, that story you often use of the woman who's broken, Mm -hmm. but she reaches out to grab onto Jesus. Jesus is in the midst of, of Christmas. He still is. Mm-hmm. He came, but he is still coming. Yeah. It's, it's Advent all over again, every day that we step in with him. And, and so he wants to be in the midst of it, but he comes into the mangers of our lives, right? He comes into the barns, mm-hmm. the stinky places, yeah. and um, it's still that way. He, it's, it's not, he didn't come into a pristine, beautiful five-star hotel. Of a life, he came into a barn, and if you feel like um, your life is a bit like that, there's some, you know, manure around in your life. Well, Jesus came right into the midst of it, and he still does. We can know that we're not alone. You're not alone at Christmas.
0: Thank you so much for listening to the Reclaimed podcast. For more information about reclaiming, visit reclaimed.com. That's R-C-L-A-I-M-E-D.com.